Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR, talent, and leadership communities to you. For more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work, visit hrgazette.com, subscribe and follow us on social media. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and joining me on this episode is Rob Friday. Managing Principal at Predictive Success. Rob is an entrepreneur, best-selling author, international keynote speaker, and talent optimization advisor based in, uh, in my opinion, the best city in the world, Toronto, Canada. As Managing Principal with Predictive Success, Rob works with organizations to optimize hiring and team performance with the Predictive Index. Rob has published a book entitled Talent Optimizer, Why Some Companies Always Get Great People. Um, and that's a pretty important topic right now, that's for sure. And we'll be sure to talk about that today. And we're also going to talk about the fact that Rob's going to be speaking at an event that I'm, I'm involved with uh, happening September 14th, uh, along with the fantastic team over at Anchor HR. Hello, Pauline, uh, Jessica and co, if you're listening. Uh, and that's called Agility Reimagined. Rob, welcome to the show today. Bill, pleasure to be here. So, Rob, beyond my wee introduction there, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and introducing yourself to our listeners? And as part of that introduction, please tell them all about your career background. Sure. So for the past 13 or so years, I've been helping organizations optimize hiring, talent development, team effectiveness, mainly with predictive index. I do a lot of corporate training, probably work with about two to 300 leaders per year, uh, HR professionals, you know, helping them understand the science of what makes people tick and using analytics to hire uh, and lead people more effectively. Okay. I have to say that's one of the, the most succinct introductions we have had. Good work, Rob. Good work. Um, okay. So tell us a bit more about Predictive Index then and the problems that it tries to solve for HR professionals and for leaders. Sure. So the backbone of Predictive Index is really the behavioral assessment. Uh, it started back in the 1950s. The neat thing is it's pretty quick. It's only two questions. takes about six minutes to fill out, uh, but the results give you a goldmine of information to have more robust conversations at the hiring stage, really helping you dig into interviews, understand where a person's coming from, why some of their answers might be the way they are, uh, helping you understand what to listen for. Um, and then most recently, over the past few years, with the pivot to remote work, uh, we've been looking at how we can help organizations uh, more effectively build teams and help teams gel. Uh, a lot of times when they're working remotely or you know, having a more difficult time meeting face-to-face. -face. So there's been some neat new innovations in the space and you know, we're looking at what we can do differently to help organizations make use of their uh, talented people in the most effective ways possible. Amazing. And we'll be focusing more on the uh, predictive success side of things from now on in, guys. But um, if you do want to learn more about predictive index, please check out an episode that I recorded with uh, Matt Popesell. Uh, from Predictive Index uh, around talent optimization. Gosh, I think that was uh, the beginning of 2022. Uh, great conversation. So do please check that one out as well. Hey, Rob, uh, next question for you is, what, what, what's needed from leadership to offer an environment that encourages and nurtures high-performing teams? That's a great question. I, I think it's, it's helpful to define what makes for a high-performing team because a lot of people think about that differently. I like to share a model that I talk about during a lot of my training where it kind of goes from chaotic all the way up to optimized. You know, a chaotic team would be where one where people are not thinking about 
the different uh, behaviors that people bring to the table. A lot of time you have unproductive communication and collaboration that undermines performance. Get up to level one where you understand your own needs and strengths. Level two would be where you understand yourself as well as the others on your team and you start to now uh, have productive conflict where people can stress test ideas and you know, make sure that they're looking at different perspectives. And then level three is where you get up to an optimized team where now we're starting to think as an organization, who do we need on this team to go and tackle the challenge that they're going to be going after and making sure that we put the right players in the right seats on the bus and, and we understand now how to communicate and collaborate effectively, uh, which really leads to the group as a whole being able to produce more than the individual parts. So I like to look at these things in models a lot of times and by using analytics to help us get there, we can have a, a more effective outcome uh, as a group. Okay, thank you. And what are you seeing, Rob? Your clients do differently at the moment to attract and hire quality talent in this era of, of low employment. You know, quality talent. <laughs> There's a term, right? At the moment, lots of companies will take any talent. Um, and also, as part of that answer, maybe you can suggest how this will change if we do enter what a lot of people are anticipating to happen over the next few months, which is some kind of a recession. Sure. So I think when it comes to attracting quality talent, I like to start with the end in mind. So figuring out what do we need for the role from a behavioral and, and culture fit standpoint. You know, I'll give you an example. If I'm looking for a really detail-oriented person, um, you know, that's a different sort of behavior skill set than uh, someone who's maybe a great sales hunter. So if we start with the end in mind, create the job target, then I can actually look at how do I craft a job posting that speaks to the type of person that we're trying to attract. So by crafting the right type of language that will actually appeal to that person, you end up getting uh, your first opportunity to kind of filter or bring in the right type of people up front. And then if you get the behavioral data early on, you can have a more effective conversation. You know what makes that person tick and you can actually now start to have a conversation about fit. You know, where are the things that uh, they're gonna enjoy doing about the job and how do we make sure that we're really bringing in the right type of people having the right kind of conversations up front. Second part of your question, if we do enter uh, the anticipated recession, you know, I guess I'd like to think about this a little bit differently. Um, the worst time to get an assessment is when an employee is being worried about losing their job. So if we can get that data early on, have it up front, in some cases where you know, there's a situation where maybe a job is being eliminated, I can have a conversation about other opportunities within the organization in some cases that that employee might be a great fit for. That's funny, when I start working with companies, a lot of times one of the first things we find is, oh, you know, so-and-so is in this job and they've just you know, been in that job forever, but actually this role over here is really a good fit for them. And if we gave them a shot at that, they might be an opportunity, might have an opportunity to be a top performer, uh, but I just never thought about it that way before. So you know, getting that data early and then using that to have those conversations with talent about you know, their future career. If you spend that time now, um, you know, you're prepared for the unknown, if it's a recession or you know, in some cases, if the job market changes, you, you can be prepared for that. We'll be right back to this conversation after this very brief message from today's sponsoring partner. Genos North America is a team of change makers using emotional intelligence to enhance how we connect, communicate and collaborate at work. Transforming these essential people skills at work also makes a difference to people's relationships outside of the workplace. People become better parents, partners, siblings and friends. Learn more at genosnorthamerica.com.
just continuing on from from your last answer then uh i guess the next question is what else or how else how how, how else can companies use hr analytics to to more effectively uh, predict what's going on, but also specifically, um, how can they use HR analytics to more effectively onboard their talent? Sure. So one of the first things that I like to recommend hiring managers do with new employees is to sit down and have a conversation about the individual and go through it. If they spent the time during the recruiting process to you know, fill out an assessment to go through the interview process, one of the first things that you should do as an organization is give some time back to them, take them through. You know, what did you learn about them? How can you use that data to help you have a more effective conversation up front about what their strengths are, what they like to do, how they like to be managed. And then I always like to say, look, 60 or 90 days in, have the stay interview, you know, as opposed to the exit interview when you lose someone, a stay interview to help you say, what are we doing well? How are we meeting your needs? Are there certain things we should be doing more or less? And by using the data as a conversation enabler, you can actually have that conversation in a way that meets the person's needs and that uh, a lot of times they leave that conversation feeling like, wow, the, the organization really took an active interest in wanting to understand me and help me succeed uh, as much as possible. So turning it around and, and doing it up front, I think is a great way to, to, to change that conversation. Okay, thank you. Now I'd like you to talk to me a little bit about the role of AI and the potential for, for misuse uh-oh, the misuse of assessments in the hiring process, potentially introducing introducing bias. I mean, we've covered this a lot on our show, um, how there are, <laughs> even, even in these processes, there can still be inherent biases uh, within within the algorithms caused by those that are creating algorithms, et cetera, or how, how they're used particularly. Um, um, so maybe you can talk to us a bit about that and how, how do you address this for your clients? Yeah, I think this is a really important question. and and often a misunderstood question. Uh, I get this question a lot when I go into to talk to organizations about using predictive index or just assessments generally in the hiring process. And a lot of times people talk about things like, is this person gonna be a culture fit? Or are we looking for someone diverse that's a, a culture ad? And they talk about this as if it's on the same plane or continuum. And I believe that that's not the case. They exist on different planes. You can have someone that's got a diverse background that still fits the job and behaviors needed to be successful in the role in the company. And if you start with the assessment data, you can actually increase the candidate pool. So I'll give you an example. I had a client where they were trying to get more women into business banking. And the challenge was that uh, in a lot of cases, it just wasn't a career path that many women were choosing in their organization. So we actually used the behavioral data to say, who are some women in our organization that might be a good fit for this role? And then let's have a conversation with them about that. So by using kind of more of a blind process, you can actually increase the candidate pool, find the people that have the high potential to be successful in a certain role. And especially if you've got a good training onboarding program, you can teach the skills, but it's really difficult to rewire the behaviors. So again, it's, it's all about how you use the data and Part and parcel of that is also making sure that we have an effective training program to teach people how to effectively use the data so that we're not inadvertently introducing bias or, or using it in an inappropriate way. So really important question, and um, that's my thinking on it. Okay, thanks, Rob. Right, I think it's that time of the interview where it's important to give a little bit of attention to your awesome book, Talent Optimizer, Why Some Companies Always Get Great People. And uh, maybe you can tell us a bit about it and some of the lessons in it for HR pros and leaders. Sure, happy to. So 
the thesis of the book was that most companies go about hiring backwards. They focus on skills and experience, the stuff you can read off a resume or find on LinkedIn, but often don't get into the things that determine long-term fit, like behavioral alignment to role or culture fit. And my thinking was that if you start with culture fit, you know, figure out what is what is the person stamp or their um, you know behaviors, attitudes, beliefs um, that, that they really stand for. As the company grows, we'll always have a great place for those people. And then the next piece is starting to look at behavior, aligning that with role, and giving people an understanding of how do they um, fit, or in some cases, what do they need to stretch in order to do a certain job. And then at the top, you know, if there's certain skills that are needed for a job, obviously we still need to assess for that and interview for it. But in a lot of cases, if we get the bottom parts right, I can train the skills, and then I've got a really loyal employee. So that was the thesis to get started. And then I went out and looked at organizations that I'd worked with that I think had done a great job of this and uh, interviewed a series of different leaders and told some stories about what these people were doing differently and really condensed that down into about 12, 13 chapters of uh, key principles that I'd seen great organizations that I'd worked with over the past, at that point, 10 or 12 years um, do differently in order to uh, create a great culture and fill it with great people. Okay, and I'm pretty confident that there will be links uh, to the book, probably to Amazon. Um, I think people are quite familiar with that company called Amazon uh, within the within the show notes. Uh, so you can you can learn more about the book and maybe buy a copy there, listeners. Um, Rob, you're going to be speaking at the upcoming Agility Reimagined Summit on September 14th at the Zero Office in beautiful Toronto, downtown Toronto. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, for those who are familiar with Toronto. It's uh, it's around Queen and University area. Be there will be a rectangle if you are a senior HR person. Uh, and your session is called Insights on Hiring and Inspiring Talent in a Competitive Landscape. Can you now take a minute or two and tell our listeners about that session? Yeah, sure. Excited to. So a couple of years ago, my business partner, Dave Leahy, uh, and I were discussing how could we get some great content for a new book? And we came up with the idea of reaching out to our client base. We had about 800 clients at the time. And we put out a call to nominate the best boss. What does your boss do differently? Or what are some things that makes your boss great? And we asked these employees to write a short paper, you know, a few hundred words on what their boss did differently that made them great. And we basically had a client board that was reviewed all these different submissions we got, nominated the top top five that got a steak dinner, and the winning boss and, and winning nominee got a trip to Vegas, a separate trip to Vegas, uh, so they could go in and enjoy uh, a trip and a reward for uh, their efforts of, of nominating uh, the best boss. And we took those principles that we learned from all these great submissions and turned it into a book. So I'll be talking about some of the principles that these organizations and these bosses, what are they doing differently in order to great, create a great culture, to lead their people as effectively as possible? And I think now more than ever uh, in this competitive landscape, having a great boss is going to be a critical uh, enabler to retaining talent, um, especially in today's talent market. Thank you, Rob. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll be there, listeners, uh, with my hair brushed, maybe even wearing a suit alongside uh, Pauline James and the team from from Anchor. Uh, it's, it's set to be a great uh, event. It's free as well. What, Bill? How can you produce such amazing content and not charge people for it? Well, um, that's the case. It's free. So if you are uh, an HR professional, 
um, and you want to you want to come along. You can find the event through Meetup or through Eventbrite, um, and I'm pretty sure again there'll be a link to that in in the show notes. So please do check it out. If you're not an HR professional and you're not within the talent sphere. Um, don't sign up for this one because we'll probably have to say no. However, uh, we produce lots of other events in the GTA. That's the Greater Toronto area for those who are not familiar. Um, so you can come to those instead. Uh, Rob, we are coming towards the end of this particular interview already. Uh, before we wrap up, two more questions for you, sir. Um, and the next one, I'd like you to reach under your table and pick up your crystal ball uh, because I want to get some predictions from you, please. Um, what do you think are some new innovations in the HR tech space to watch out for in 2023? So I think this is the big one. It's, it's all about data. Using the data to help you get smarter as an organization. Uh, one of the neat things we're seeing out there, uh, specifically related to Teams, is we built this Teams software. And now we're able to start looking at what are different types of Teams starting to focus on. So they add in things like objections, or objectives or specific action items that a specific type of team is trying to pursue. And then they can start to track their success as they pursue those objectives. So it's kind of like being able to enter into OKRs into a, a dashboard, but enabled with team data on specific individuals that are actually working on these objectives. As we start to look at how these teams succeed, or in some cases struggle with certain objectives, the data informs the software that gets smarter and says, okay, your team is aligned in these areas. You need to watch out in these areas. So the more data that we start to gather as an organization, and you know, we're, we're seeing this across the board with many large organizations starting to look at this across many different types of teams, you can start to now plan for things in more effective ways using the data as a guide. So I think that's probably the big one is, is more effectively connecting different pieces of data within the HR sphere. Uh, and I think the, in my opinion, really exciting part is now starting to look at this from a team perspective as opposed to historically which has always been the individual the individual succeeding in a role versus team which is what most organizations focus on these days teams pursue objectives so how are these teams actually accomplishing certain things so i think that's the neat my, my, my neat new prediction is that's going to be the next big thing in the hr tech space okay i'd say that that's a pretty solid prediction uh, but maybe we'll get you back on the show next year rob and uh, see how that all unraveled uh, before we do wrap up for today though how can our listeners learn more about you and more about predictive success sure so i'm on linkedin you can definitely connect with me on there i'm always happy to start a conversation uh, visit the predictivesuccess.com website we've got some really interesting content on there you can download the 2022 uh, talent optimization report you can also find more info about me on robfriday.com uh, and always happy to connect. So looking forward to hearing what people think about the predictions and uh, definitely connecting with lots of folks at the Agility Reimagined Summit on September 14th. Me too. Me too. I'll, I'll, I'll be hanging out uh, somewhere, somewhere with Rob with, like I say, with my hair brushed and maybe even I wear a suit listeners. So that's, that's worth coming out for such an unusual site. Um, but for now, that just leaves me to say, Rob Friday, thank you so much for being my guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. My pleasure. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. There are hundreds of conversations with business experts available for free on the HR Gazette website, Apple, Spotify, and all the main platforms. And remember to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media.